Hello and welcome to the Scottish Fantasy Football Community Podcast. My name is Harry and... Oh wait, it's just me. For those of you who are new, um, last season I was jo- would have been joined by my co-host Thomas Smith, but after uh, a series of terrible podcasts and even worse Fantasy Football Scotland display, I've decided not only to uh, remove him from this podcast, but remove him from the face of the earth. Uh, so he now finds himself buried, buried at the bottom of my garden and it will be myself solely uh, running the podcast from here on out. I kid, I kid. Uh, unfortunately, due to logistical reasons, uh, myself and Thomas are both still part of the Scottish Fantasy Football Community uh, podcast. However, um, we will be doing recordings separately, those logistical uh, reasons being uh, I've moved to Hanoi, Vietnam. Um, so due to time zone reasons, it's pretty inconvenient for us both to be uh, you know, hosting at the same time. Um, so what we've done is, is last season, um, we both communicated with, with listeners and, and tweeted out um, you know, threads and such like through a shared Twitter account, um, which is at sffantasy.com. Um, this season, we now will be, as I say, doing our own episodes, uh, as well as um, running our own social media. So if you'd like to give us both a follow, mine is at sffcharry and Thomas's would be at sffc, sffc thomas. Um, so you'll likely have seen us already interacting uh, with um, you know folks and replies and stuff already um, so yeah please uh, please give us a follow and um, let's get this season started I guess so I think considering the logistical changes it's probably a good place to start is uh, outlining the sort of roles and responsibilities or at least what you can expect from both myself and Thomas particularly when it comes to the, the pre-season portion of the content um, so my remit will be more general fantasy football um, advice in the, in the build-up to the season. Today I will be um, going through the rules of the Scottish uh, Fantasy Football Scotland game um, and highlighting key differences compared with other popular versions of fantasy football, particularly fantasy uh, Premier League. Um, as well as reacting to the 2022-2023 updated version of the game, um, which has garnered, I would say, yeah, some some fairly negative feedback. Um, so I will be going into that in depth. Um, and I think that would probably be a good place to leave it. I had planned on going into maybe pointers for new players, but as I'm thinking about it now, it probably makes more sense to leave that to episode two, where we would be looking at squad building and uh, and highlighting picks and players and such like. And then the final episode of my part of the of the pre. Uh, season preview series um, would be a, a, a final draft reveal so hopefully myself and Thomas our schedules currently are fairly flexible we will be able to join up and, and reveal our final drafts then and go through the thinking behind them and maybe some some strategies strategy strategic ideas that we have at hand what I'm very excited for is Thomas's portion of the pre-season uh, content he has just completed i think it's three interviews which would make up one episode um in his interview series where he is interviewing members of uh the scottish fantasy uh, scottish fantasy football community um on twitter uh, football podcast a uh, football club fan podcast analytics ca- accounts um and i think the first episode 
will be with uh, one of the gentlemen from uh, at the Talk Livy podcast, um, a fantastic Livingston uh, FC fan-run podcast. Then I think it will be Hearts as well. So that would be at Hearts Stats on Twitter. Um, he runs an excellent uh, Hearts data and analytics account and as well worth a follow. And finally, uh, the Scottish Fantasy Football or the Fantasy Football Scotland communities on um, at FFS Whiskey. Um, he is a content creator primarily on Twitter um, for Scottish Fantasy Football or Fantasy Football Scotland and he will be covering St Mirren. So the first episode would be those three teams. We've yet to exactly detail which clubs will go into which podcast but please be rest assured we have some excellent guests lined up including maybe let's drop a couple of names here i know donnie from um the half hour fantasy podcast is joining us he'll be or joining thomas sorry he will be going through uh rangers and what he can expect from rangers this season um and uh, we've got uh one of the fellows from the uh, Red Tinted Glasses podcast coming on to discuss all all things Aberdeen. Uh, the specific goal of, of this of this interview series is is to help um, fantasy football Scotland players, both new and old, um, to become more familiar with the uh, individual teams, what can be expected from them with regards to um, a, you know a, predict, a predicted best eleven or you know what what team is is likely to be walking out onto the pitch on, on game week one. Uh, of the season, as well as outlining set piece players uh, and penalty takers, crucial pieces of information for you know fantasy football Scotland players who aim to be successful this season, um, as well as I think some tentative predictions, both season long and the short and the short term. Um, maybe looking at the next six fixtures, as uh, that's the sort of time frame that fantasy or football managers tend to be looking at when it comes to building. You know, first drafts, wild card drafts, making transfers. Um, so, yeah, I think it will provide itself as a, a very, very useful series, and I think Thomas is putting in you know, a lot of good work, so it would be much appreciated if you could not only just check that out. I think so. This podcast will be going live today, which is, is Friday the 23rd of July. I think the first interview series episode would be going live uh, tomorrow or on Sunday. Let me just double-check. Yes, I think yes, I think the first one will be up on the on the Saturday, uh, but I'll have to uh, have to double check. So yeah, if you could check that out and then also give the content a share uh, on, on Twitter, that would be much much appreciated. Um, so as I said, um, what I will be going through today, first and foremost, uh, will be uh, the game in and of itself. Um, hmm. Actually. No, I see that. I think maybe it's best to tackle the uh, thoughts surrounding the 2022-2023 update as, um, for those who are not aware, it seems as, and it seems as though it's very evident that Fantasy Football Scotland have started to move away from what can be considered a traditionally, um, a, a traditional fantasy football format of 15 players playing over a season-long uh, iterated game with traditional point scoring uh, to towards more of a, a fantasy daily sports model, which is is uh, something similar to that of, say, fan team or draft, where you're picking players not for, you know, 38 game weeks, but for each and every game week, with, I think, the plan being on it eventually... Uh, 
eventually they're monetizing this and it becoming a sort of uh, a betting fantasy sports app. Um, and I think um, whilst there have, for those who are not aware, that it did receive a, a reasonable amount of negative you know, criticism and backlash um, from those who played the game last year and amongst content creators as well. Um, I think it's worth going into both the positives and negatives. Uh, it was actually something that I, I produced a thread on and I published for my own personal um, uh, fan, uh, Scottish fantasy football community account. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through that Twitter thread, talk about some of the updates that they've made, as well as sort of give my own thoughts and opinions. And um, I had outlined some things they maybe could have done to have rectified the issues that seem to have cropped up already. Um, but having spoken to the app directly, they seem sort of you know set in the set with the with with the current form. Uh, of the game, um, so maybe there's not too much worth discussing in that front, but nonetheless. Um, so I started the thread by saying that since its release on the Monday of this week, um, that would be last week then I guess, um, there had been widespread criticism of the new version of the, of the Fantasy Football Scotland game. Um, and in the thread I discussed the new game looking at both the positives and the negatives as well as offering remedies for the most egregious issues um, and I decided first to start with the positives as, as probably always a good place to start um, so Fantasy Football Scotland have last year they were exclusively uh, uh, an app based game they have now developed a, a website um, from which you are able to, to you know, make transfers, change teams, uh, review your leagues, etc., etc. And, and to be quite honest, that's definitely a very positive development, and a, and a, I would some I would say to a degree an inevitable step that the uh, Fantasy Football Scotland should have taken. And, and and by and large, the website looks pretty crisp. It looks you know fairly easy to use. Um, it's quite clear all what all of the different sections are, and as as well as that, I've got it up in, in front of me here. Um, it looks like they are starting to create um, more uh, gameplay-based content. So I'm looking at here at some of the articles they've published outside of the what's new in, in Fantasy Football Scotland and the introducing the expert um, a new scoring system. Um, they've written about, uh, they've published articles looking at undervalued players that should be on our radars, as well as new signings that are worth looking, uh, that are worth a look for the 2022-23 season. So I think the introduction of a of a website is you know, a very positive move, and it's you know, you know, received. I think should be and has been received very well. Something else that they've introduced for the 2022-23 season was a, a, an expert mode so for those that played last year and for those that play most you know sort of traditional fantasy football games um it was the same format you know 15 players four on the bench similar point scoring systems so for example one point for an appearance one point for more than 60 minutes clean sheet points bonus points goal points assist points etc etc um this year they've added a number of data points uh data points um in a separate mode to the classic which you know, the mode i was just referring to there would i guess be now called the classic mode they've introduced a new mode called the expert mode um a format of the game which has into which which includes 68 data points from from which an individual player can gain or lose points so a player uh for example, could gain points for providing the assist to the assist. I think that's one of them. 
I think uh, number of successful long balls, that's another one uh, off the top of my head. How about I just open up the article here and have a look at them. So if I scroll to the bottom, let's have a look. Oh, no, that's the wrong article. Here we go. So yes, that the assist to assist was referred to as a pre-assist. That's, that's two points. Uh, two shots off target would result in one point negative. Um, a success, a successful through ball is one point. Um, success, you know, things like successful take-ons are scored. Long passes from goalkeeper, those are scored. Caught offside, those are scored negatively. Chances missed, those are scored negatively. Um, successful final third passes, you know, player makes ten of those, they receive one point. So these are all very interesting changes. I don't think it's something I've seen a whole load of. From I think I saw someone. I haven't seen this in many other iterations of fantasy football games. I think I saw someone on Twitter referring to the fact that the MLS fantasy football system was some, somewhat similar to the expert version that has been introduced. But ultimately, I think this is you know, a very positive change, um, as I believe a, a complex scoring system should reduce the strength of the inverted commas uh, template. Uh, and increase uh, the ownership of, of of less popular player types. Those being perhaps I don't know, you know, defensive midfielders, um, or ball ball playing midfielders, etc., etc. And maybe reduces the power of some other positions like strikers. You know, if they're missing chances, you know, if it takes, you know, a number of chances missed to score, then maybe those points cancel themselves out. So you know, very very interesting. And you know, again, like the website received this very positively. I thought that's you know it's great. Um, the next thing is probably one of the more noticeable changes, um, and I again think it has its positive aspects. Um, so they have introduced introduced game weekly contests. Um, those uh, those being, as I said at the start of the podcast, game modes where in which, as opposed to setting a team for 38 game weeks and making one transfer or two transfers here and there and, and using chip tra- chip strategy and such like, you would select a whole new team every game week. Um, and this is very similar to platforms such as Fan Team um, or the draft f- uh, portion of the Fantasy Premier League, uh, League game. And I think considering the fact that these types of fantasy football are, are gaining in popularity I'm not particularly surprised that uh, fantasy football Scotland have you know, followed in a similar suit and added similar mo- modes to the game I also think you know from I think this makes sense from a business perspective I'm not claiming to be a business expert but you know it, it seems like a train worth jumping on for sure and, and, I, and I hope it's a game mode that allows fantasy football Scotland to you know be able to support itself and and grow in the manner in which it has but i think from a player side i think it's going to allow users to you know play with players they wouldn't typically have used and engage and, and, and engage with the game in a different manner um so again overall i think the game weekly contest the game weekly contests very much positive it also seems as i said that fantasy football scotland are aiming in a trajectory uh, on a trajectory headed towards a cash fantasy, you know, a, a fantasy football Scotland version where in which people could make you know, bets on their teams and such like. <clears throat> and this sort of fan team inspired model, as I said, increases the scope for fantasy football Scotland, you know, to introduce introduce the the gambling element to their app. Um, 
and will allow them to raise funds for, for future development. I like to think that a decent portion of the money made by the app would then be reinvested into the game and we'd see the sort of improvements that we have been seeing from, from the game over the past couple of seasons. Um, and it would also, I think, you know, provided it's not taken too seriously and you know, folk do, you know, don't get carried away. Everyone understands, I think, the risks, risks that come with gambling, but you know, there's no denying that you know betting on football can be a good laugh, and I don't see why that's any different when it comes to fantasy football. Um, so, to, to summarise, I think the introduction of the website, the expert mode, the game weekly contest, game weekly contest, and the movement towards a cash fantasy sort of model. These are all good things. I, I don't necessarily have any issues, to be quite honest. Um, but on the topic of issues, this is uh, this is probably what I'm going to talk about now. Then I guess so. To me, it seems like for new, both new and returning Fantasy Football Scotland users, um, the consensus appears to be that the changes from the 2021-22 version to the 22-23 version have been somewhat excessive and are going to make the game pretty difficult to keep up with. And I think the primary cause for this concern is the uh, necessity to enter different teams into different mini leagues. Now, I, I, as someone that takes fantasy football, I wouldn't say seriously, but I'm quite competitive when I'm, I'm playing with not just my friends, but the sort of in the mega league at large. Um, I'm happy to be just in the mega league, but for most, uh, it's kind of a casual game. It's something they you know set up with their buddies, um, their Scottish football buddies or with, with you know, colleagues at work. Um, in their mini leagues, and I think now with the requirement to have separate entries and you know, separate teams for the different mini leagues, which re would require a separate transfer for each week, I think it's going to take too much time and require too much effort for your fantasy football casual uh, to be making transfers for each team every single game week. You know, sometimes with two game weeks coming in the in the one in the one week, and I think, but I don't think it seems to me that having spoken to my friends and having spoken to other people, uh, other content creators and what they've heard back from, you know, their friends and colleagues and stuff about the sort of reaction to the game, new players and casuals, uh, you know, new players and casuals alike, um, those who would just want to compete versus colleagues and friends may be put off. Um, and I guess to conclude on this point, um, this multiple entry system, this aspect of the new version does appear to be somewhat overcomplicated. Um, as most players, including myself, do like to enter uh, numerous mini leagues. Um, it definitely came as a real shock to, you know, I think after, after some of this backlash, Fantasy Football Scotland from their Twitter account said that, you know, it was quite clear that the game was making changes in the beta, which to which people were invited to use myself being one of them and I have to say it wasn't clear to me that that's what was going to be happening numerous entries required for numerous mini, mini leagues so it, you know it has come as a surprise and uh, yeah, as I said many have expressed um, how this may affect their, affect their enthusiasm for the game this year and that probably goes to include both myself and Thomas um, I think, yeah, I think the issue for this, that's not the issue, I think the remedy for this for this issue, um, or at least, you know, all of the different versions of the game, because it's, 
I guess something I've missed out here as well is there is no longer just one version of fantasy football. You don't just play 15 aside. There's the possibility of playing 11 aside, 7 aside, or 5 aside. You can play uh, each of those modes in expert mode. So you're looking at four different team squad sizes times two different modes so that's eight modes and then game weekly scoring as well or game weekly modes as well so you're looking at numerous modes entering into numerous mini leagues so it, it will it will all just become a bit much i think um so i offered some remedies to the solution uh but as i said they hadn't necessarily been picked up but i guess maybe they're worth discussing anyways and hopefully it's something we can see in next year's iteration of the game um so last season uh it seemed to me that they had that fantasy football scotland had planned on introducing introducing cash fantasy um but decided not to in the end and waited to and are still waiting i think on licensing gambling licensing um so it's not yet been introduced but they'd separated classic fantasy fantasy and cash fantasy into two portions on the app two you know very clear to view portions of the app and i think um, a lot of the complication with the current form of the game would be solved by separating them, you know, the different, you know, so you could have the classic fantasy for your casual player um, as, as the first option. The next one would be uh, expert mode, for example, and the next one would be um, squad sizes or whatever. Um, so, and, and the reason I think that these versions of the game need to be, I mean, they are somewhat... It's separated on the current on the current app, but I think it's worth having the classic fantasy as the main portion of the game with the the game week scoring system, for example, or the different squad sizes, or the expert mode, or the cash fantasy as offshoots as of offshoots of the classic fantasy version. With the idea being that you'll get you know people you know the classic format was very popular last season and the season before that and generally speaking is a very popular version of fantasy football um so you could in you know, direct traffic towards your game through classic fantasy and then trickle them into things like the cash fantasy and the squad building i think you know completely overhauling the app and you know dragging it a completely different direction so suddenly has uh, it seems to be causing issues um, so separating the elements or at least having the elements as offshoots of the classic fantasy I think would make the app and the website less overwhelming and easier to navigate. Um, I also made an argument for replacing classic fantasy with expert fantasy. Um, I think the added data points would make the classic version more interesting with, as I said, uh, this would make... Um, less popular positions and player types are uh, more popular and uh, and more viable as fantasy football picks and it's something that uh, fantasy football platforms more generally i think have been calling for i think fantasy premier league players would love to see more variation when it comes when it comes to the scoring and i and i think fantasy football scotland absolutely hit the mark in this regard and i think and it's something they've been welcome to do before. I know, I remember between last season and the season prior to that, they added uh, in you know things like uh, save points. They added in bonus points. They added in you know hat trick points. That's not something that uh, I have seen in too many iterations of fantasy football. Um, so I would have been quite happy to see expert have replaced classic. But again, this wasn't necess a necessity. It was just I thought an interesting idea. 
the biggest change that I would have argued needed to happen before Saturday, and it, I have had confirmation from the app that it won't be happening, is that one team entry for classic fantasy for all mini league auction, all mini league entries. Um, the requirement to enter numerous teams across numerous leagues and formats will come as far too much for new and existing players. I include myself in that. I really don't plan on joining many, if any, uh, mini, uh, mini leagues as a result of of the requirement to chain, make transfers for each team. Um, and this is not an issue limited to me. I, I've spoken to other members of, of, of the content creation community and, and and they seem to be somewhat in agreement. So I think that's the change that would have to come hopefully um, so that was the thread I made sort of detailing the, the positives and the negatives and the changes I'd like to see and it did receive some, some feedback if you'd like to go and have a look at that as I said it's at SFFC uh, Harry on, on Twitter so please go check that out and, and give me a follow whilst you're there what I'm going to do now is I'm going to run through the scoring for the uh, classic version. So the reason I decided to swap things around there was um, people may be wondering what versions of fantasy football will myself and Thomas be playing this year and what sort of mini leagues will be joining and such like. And having discussed it with Thomas, we don't think it's necessarily worth... Like the idea, like the sort of whole mission statement behind our podcast and our Twitter account is to make Scottish fantasy football more accessible for players and I don't think that you know by joining the seven aside expert mode that's going to necessarily be conducive to to, to following that you know aim um, so our plan is to just play the classic version 15 aside uh, and and then we'll regularly update you each game week with our you know our points and our overall ranking and and such like and I think that's the best way for us to be able to engage with you know those listening and as well as those listening to us they'll be able easier be able to easier follow along um so let's quickly pull up the scoring um uh, for the classic contest so let's have a look Okay, so um, when it comes to the general point scoring, it's the same as most, uh, you know, forms of fantasy football. Um, it's one point for an appearance as well as uh, another, a second point for hitting the 60-minute mark. Um, minus one point for a yellow card and minus three for a red card. And then uh, bonus points are awarded to the best players in a match, um, those being one to three um, the bonus point system is dictated by, I think it's the player rating given to players uh, by Opta. Um, so if you're you know, scouting players when you're building your drafts and it's something you want to take into consideration, your bonus points that a player garners, if you go to, I think it's whoscored.com and you can look at the players all uh, in the database there, you can sort them by, by, by match rating and you can kind of get an idea for what players are likely to score bonus points. And final general point is a 40 plus completed passes for midfielders only. So this is actually a, 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 a data point that was introduced last season. And I thought it was very interesting. It meant that players like um, Glenn Kamara um, and say Cal McGregor become more viable as fantasy football options. As let's say, you know, Glenn Kamara, for example, I think it was actually a player that ended up doing pretty well over the course of the season. And, and Donny of Half Hour Fantasy Podcast um, 
did a sort of player profile of last season and really drew my attention to to this then. Um, sure, Glenn Kamara is only going to maybe crop up with you know three to five goals and three to five assists over the season. You know the sort of numbers you would avoid from a fantasy football asset perspective but if you take into consideration particularly in, in Glenn Kamara's case that he plays in a team that keeps clean sheets regularly he regularly plays more than 60 minutes and regularly completed 40 plus passes more often than not he was scoring four passes per game he would regularly get one or two bonus points and then when he would score he, he would hold you know very large totals so this data point here is something worth taking into consideration when you're when you're Identi- identifying picks, particularly when it comes to midfielders. And I actually think Lewis Ferguson, um, Aberdeen FC player who has now joined uh, Bologna, um, he did, I think he was the second top scoring midfielder in the game last season. Or he was right up there anyways. He was on penalties, but I think it was this here. I think almost, almost I think it was in almost half of games, if not more, he completed 40 passes, which really, you know, over the course of the season, that adds an extra 20 points to a player's total. And this, you know, it's certainly not something to be sniffed at. So on to the attacking points again. In Fantasy Football Scotland, goals are scored fairly similarly to other popular versions of Fantasy Football. Um, so for forwards and midfielders, goals are five points. Defenders get six points for a goal. Um, and then goalkeepers would receive eight points. Something that is a little bit different and I think is quite interesting is the hat-trick bonus. Now, I think only, I think it was a total of five players scored hat-tricks last season. Um, they get, if you if a player was to score uh, three goals in a game, they would get a further two points on top of the goal points. And then, you know, it's one of those things that, when it, I think it was when, it particularly, I guess this is more relevant for the old firm players. Um, they are far more likely to score hat tricks than players out with the old firm, and and can and should certainly be a consideration when you're coming into captaincy. Um, I think it makes attackers more viable, I guess, in this regard, um, because they have another route to points here. They're more likely to score goals and have another route to points here. But, you know, if you start doing the maths here, um, if you add in the hat-trick bonus, you know, it's, if you've captained a player that scores a hat-trick, that's an extra four. Let's say it's a, a midfielder, they've scored 15, so times two, so you're looking at 34, plus the appearance points, so that's another four points. It's 38 plus any bonus, you're looking at, you know, 40, 40 point plus hauls, so it's no, just a, a slight variation that can make a bit, you know, can make a difference if you get your captain pick right, and it's uh, yeah, just something that different differentiates fantasy football Scotland a little bit from other versions of the game. Assist is three points. I think that's pretty common. Uh, but another one that's a touch different is um, it's uh, three points. Uh, sorry, not three points. Sorry. Players receive one point for three shots on target, so your volume, your volume shooters, um, I guess, would benefit most from this. Um, penalties one, that's two points, and then penalties missed, that's negative two points. So defensive points, again, um, fairly traditional to start off with. So clean sheets for goalkeepers and defenders, they're awarded four points, and midfielders are awarded one. If a goalkeeper uh, concedes two plus goals, they uh, lose two points. And if a defender concedes two or more goals, or if a, 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 t- uh, 
a defender within a team that concedes two or more goals, uh, they would lose one point. Um, penalty saves, I guess this is goalkeeper scoring. If a goalkeeper was to save a penalty, um, they would receive four points. Um, if a player was to score into their own goal, they would lose three points. If a goalkeeper made three saves, they would receive one point. So these these are, what's that, seven data points, the clean sheets, the goals conceded, the penalty saves, the own goals, the saves made. Those again, those are scoring systems or data points that are pretty common. Um, but the next two are, are, are somewhat different. Um, and again, it makes certain players slightly more viable than in other formats of the game. So maybe more traditional defenders, you know, ones that aren't necessarily renowned for their attacking output, more for their uh, defensive actions. Um, players receive one point for making three interceptions as well as three tackles. Um, so your sort of yeah, your traditional stoppers can become far more viable. If it, again, if if a team. If you have a defender makes three interceptions, makes three tackles, his team keeps a clean sheet. You know, if you're putting up numbers like that, you'll probably get a bonus point or two. You can have a defender hauling double digits without necessarily being involved in any, you know, having any attacking output in the game. So again, it's something certainly worth considering when you are building your first drafts. Before finishing off, I think it's worth. Um, outlining a couple of key outlining chip strategy not chip strategy necessarily but the ch different chips as well as some key differences so um, particularly when it comes to captaincy and vice captaincy um, so first the chips um, each player receives two wild cards um, why it seems to me there's nothing to stop you from using a wild card in game week one and again a wild card in game week sorry a wild card between game week one and game week two and between game week two and game week three but it's not necessarily something i would recommend and i would probably be holding out for uh yeah playing your first wild card and then your second wild card yes here we are so you will receive two wild cards per season uh, and they are free to use whenever you like throughout the season uh, throughout the season and um, like any other uh, fantasy football game, they are activated in the same manner. You would click on the wildcard button in the manage team portion of the, of, of the app or the website. You would make your transfer and then you would click save changes uh, to confirm. You have uh, a triple captain chip again, just one of these per season. Um, and like other fantasy football games such as Fantasy Premier League, um, the triple captain chip means that your captain will be awarded triple the points for one game week. So you would be using those on a player, most likely an attacking player, or a certain uh, James Tavernier, but more on him later. Um, in, a, yeah, in a double game week, someone who has a high likelihood of scoring goals or creating assists um, and will likely play both games. Um, and then one bench boost chip. Um, again, same as other uh, as other uh, fantasy football games. You receive one bench boost chip per season, um, with the chip allowing you to receive points from your bench that will be counted along with your first team points for one game week. Now, the I think again one of the most interesting scoring aspects of Fantasy Football Scotland is the way in which captain and vice captain have been implemented. So, uh, to draw a comparison to Fantasy Premier League, is that's you know 
probably the easiest game to draw a comparison with, as most people tend to play that one and then play Fantasy Football Scotland as well. Um, like Fantasy Premier League, captains receive double points for everything. But where in Fantasy Premier League, the vice captain only becomes relevant if the captain doesn't play a minute. They then have every, all of their uh, points doubled. Vice captains uh, will receive double points for, uh, for if in the case of goalkeepers and defenders, vice captains will receive double points for their clean sheets. Um, where midfielders and forwards uh, who are made vice captain will receive double points for for a goal, so it does add um, what an extra spice to the selection of your captains and your your vice captains. Each. Well, maybe not necessarily captain, but certainly it makes uh, the consideration of your vice captain far more prevalent. And I think again, that's something you know. Fantasy Football Scotland definitely did, have been dragged a little bit for some of the changes that they've brought in this year, and, and, and in cases, I think, justifiably so. However, the implementation of the vice-captaincy and, and, and the effects that this has on scoring, it's, it's very interesting, and it makes the game very enjoyable, adds another layer to it, and again, it's you know emblematic of the good things, I guess, that Fantasy Football Scotland can do. Um... I think one final rule worth, let me see, I had some notes here, is there anything else I'm missing? Yes, okay, so a couple of things I guess I want to draw people to atten attention to. It, it goes beyond a little bit beyond uh, point scoring, but it's worth mentioning as well, especially for those who, who, are, who are playing for the first time this year, or, or are just not necessarily aware of it last year. Um, bench trick is a thing in Fantasy Football Scotland. So... Uh, the bench trick uh, is essentially what happens is, is as opposed to having to pick your best 11, what you can do is, is you can pick a best 10 and have an outfield player uh, s selected as a player that you are, you know, are you, that you can guarantee will not play any minutes. And what will happen is, as opposed to the first player coming off your bench, which would happen in Fantasy Premier League, it's the highest scoring player that comes off your bench. So it's sort of a wee bit of a strategy. And by implementing this into your gameplay, what you do is, is each week you sort of enter yourself into some sort of like tombola where you can have, you know, pretty viable options on your bench and increase the opportunity of, you know, an attack return or, or a hole as opposed to just automatically first up coming on. Um, so bench trick, especially in the early going of the season, is something I, I highly recommend uh, for 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 anyone playing the game and what I recommend you go and do now as opposed to building a first draft and saving it if you go to the cheapest players in each category so goalkeeper defender midfielder and attacker and filling your team out with essentially dross from teams you're less likely to pick from you know teams you anticipate finishing in the bottom six for example this means that one of those players may end up being transferred away from the club or loaned out because they're likely a youth player, meaning that you will have within your team a player that is, inverted commas, red flagged, a player that is absolutely, by nature of the fact that they are not even at the club, guaranteed not to play 90 minutes. And as I said, this will give yourself a strategic advantage over those who don't have bench trick players, as you will always be guaranteed the highest scorer off the bench. Now, the final, I think, key difference when it comes to um, point scoring uh, chips and rules is that in the Fantasy Premier League, um, the deadline is uh, an hour before... Um, wait, is it an hour or is it two hours? I think it's two hours. 
No, it's an hour and a half before the deadline. That's that's correct. So in Fantasy Premier League, the deadline for each game week, you know, the the moment in which you confirm your team and you, and you set it as it is for, for for the games that week, that deadline comes an hour and a half before the first fixture. In the Fantasy Football Scotland version, it's an hour as far as I'm aware. I don't think this has been updated. And typically, if you're a bit switched on and you follow the accounts, the, the, the you know, the football club's Twitter Twitter accounts, you can get t- early team news from those that are in the first round of kickoffs. Um, again, some people like myself, I tend to try and avoid team news just because it's sort of you, your, your focus becomes far more short term and I don't think that's been necessarily a go- great way of playing fantasy football, but it did provide itself to be useful in instances where I wanted to take punts, but I needed to confirm that certain players were starting so it's just worth drawing your attention to the fact that there is a later deadline in the fantasy football scotland app so it's an hour before the kickoff of the first game and i think that's probably a good place to end it i think i've gone through that somewhat clearly if there's anything i've missed or if you'd like to go and have a look at the rules for yourself if you were to go into the classic contests uh, you pull that up on the website, for example. On the right-hand side, um, it says there's a wee portion uh, titled Contest Details. Then it has uh, your scoring and rules and information there. So you can check that out there. Um, or if you wish, you can either tweet uh, our main account with any questions or anything you'd like us to clarify, or our individual accounts. I, I would be more than happy to fill questions, and I'm sure Thomas would too. Um, and I think that probably does us for for our first episode of the preseason. Nothing too exciting, uh, but please be rest assured we've got some big things coming your way. I think, as I said, it'll be um, an interview series next with Thomas, uh, as well as one of the hosts of the Talk Livy podcast, um, the uh, person that runs the uh, Heart Stats Twitter account, and then uh, FFS Whiskey, all accounts that are very, very, very much worth a follow. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that on our timeline and Thomas's timeline as well. Um, please don't get to forget to give us a follow on our main account, which is at sffantasy.com, that's C-O-M-M, as well as our individual accounts uh, at uh, SFFC Harry and at SFFC Thomas. And uh, please feel free, uh, free to um, give this episode a retweet or, or, or share it with your friends. Um, and I think that does it. Um, so hopefully you've enjoyed the, the new format. Hopefully I haven't sort of babbled on too much on my own here. I have managed to keep it under 45 minutes. And uh, I'm looking forward to be- being back in your ears soon.